0: Hi there, welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about why, unfortunately, dragons aren't real creatures. Let's get started. What do the following creatures have in common? Dragons, Griffins, Angels, Pegasi, Centaurs, and Ants. Most of us have grown up reading about all sorts of fantastic beasts, except ants, you can see them anywhere, especially if you drop some crumbs around bed. Anyway, I always like the fusion hybrid kind of fantastic animals like dragons, manticores and sphinxes, because it's such an obvious but creative solution to coming up with mythical beasts. Dragons in particular are very impressive. I mean, they're basically dinosaurs with wings that can breathe fire and are somehow very intelligent and can sometimes use magic. And depending on which country you come from, they can control the weather, they can give you good luck, grant wishes, apparently. Anyway, they're very cool creatures. But unfortunately, as awesome as they are, dragons aren't real. We have no documented cases of dragons being ever a living thing. I mean, dragons probably came from dinosaur skeletons being discovered by ancient people, and people just trying to imagine what the hell could have created bones this big. I mean, just think about it. Dragons are full of what seem like unrealistic features that don't obey any laws of science. We don't know of any single animal in the world that can actually breathe fire, they're massive and muscular but somehow they can fly with reasonably small wings, and, most unrealistic of them all, they have six limbs. What? Before we get more into what a hexapod is, let's do a quick explain like I'm five to illustrate the issue for you. Let's play a little game. We're gonna count the limbs on each animal and see how many limbs they have. Woo! Sorry, this is not gonna be the most fun game in the world. All right, let's start with people. How many limbs do we have? So we've got two arms and two legs, right? What about a monkey? They also have two arms and two legs, so four limbs again. Okay, let's change from mammals to reptiles. What about a lizard? Again, two arms, two legs, They've got a tail, but this is just an extension of their spine, so it doesn't count as a limb. So again, lizards have four limbs. What about birds? They've just got two legs, right? So does that mean they have two limbs? Well, if you look at a skeleton of a bird in a museum, you'll notice that the wings have bones in them as well. And the bones look very curiously like the same bones in our arms. Next time you eat a chicken wing, just have to have a look at the bones and compare them to a human skeletal model. You'll see what I mean. So the wings are actually limbs as well. So birds have two wings, two legs, therefore four limbs. Bats are exactly the same. Their wings are just very, very elongated arms, essentially, with membranes in between them to make it into a wing. Now, what about a whale or a dolphin? Surely they only have three limbs, right? Two fins on the side and a long tail fin? Well, again, the key is looking at the skeleton. Let's say you go to a museum and look up into the ceiling and you see a gigantic blue whale skeleton hanging. You'll see that the front fins are essentially arms that have shortened into fins, and the tail is just another extension of the spine, much like the monkey or the lizard, and the tail fins just come off that long extension. So do they have two limbs? Well, again, if you look really closely at the skeleton, you'll notice that next to the pelvis there are two tiny little bony nubbins which are essentially the legs that have devolved away into small vestigial structures. Vestigial means that it's a body part that the body doesn't actually need to use anymore, but it used to be a long, long time ago. So again, whales and dolphins have four limbs, it's just you can only see two of them, and two of them are hidden away into the body. Alright, now here's a tricky one. What about snakes? Surely snakes don't have any limbs, right? They're basically danger noodles. But... If you look at really big snakes like pythons and boa constrictors, they also have tiny, tiny little muscular limb buds, which are vestigial structures, much like the whales. And if you count the number of these, again, they have four. So, so far, every animal we've covered have four limbs. All right, last one. How many limbs does a dragon have? They usually have two big, strong legs, and then they have two arms in the front, but then they also have two gigantic wings. Remember how we talked about that every wing, like whether it be a bird or a bat, their limbs? This means a dragon has six limbs. What's up with that? Why is it so different to all the other animals we talked about? The answer? Because all of the other animals we talked about come from a common ancestor at some point. but the dragons, they come from our imaginations. Therefore, they don't really obey any biological law whatsoever. Welcome back. Alright, so the limb counting exercise highlights exactly what's unrealistic about dragons. They have six limbs, not four. What's so weird about that? I mean, octopuses have eight limbs, centipedes have a hundred limbs, and there's all sorts of numbers of limbs in the world. Well, the difference is that on planet Earth, pretty much every vertebrate that aren't fish are what we call tetrapods. Tetra meaning four, pod meaning limb. I mean, think about it, every mammal has four limbs, every bird has four limbs, every reptile or amphibian also has four limbs. Hell, even some fish have four limbs, that's where we actually came from. Some fish decided, you know what, I'm sick of water, I'm going to get out there, get some sunshine, walk on four limbs. We call that group the Tetrapodomorpha, which kind of has in the name what we're all about. In fact, you can see evidence of this in skeletons. The science of homology is the field of looking at similar structures between animals that share common ancestors. For example, let's take the forearm. In the human body, the forearm starts from the elbow down. Now, in terms of bones, the elbow is the joint between the humerus, which is the funny bone. Just kidding, the funny bone is actually a nerve called the ulnar nerve, but we're not going to get into that. Anyway, the humerus is the bone connecting your shoulder to the elbow, And in the elbow joint, the humerus meets two other bones called the ulna and the radius. Essentially, they make a little long ring structure that go all the way down to the wrist. And then at the wrist, they're met by eight different bones called the carpal bones. And from the eight carpal bones, you have five digits coming out. The metacarpals, which are the bones that make up the palm of your hand. And then they join with each individual finger, which have phalanxes, which are finger bones. So... From the top, shoulder, humerus, elbow, radius and ulna, the wrist bones, the metacarpals, and the phalanges. Just look up a picture of the forearm skeleton and it will make a lot more sense. Now, let's go look at a chicken wing instead. And I mean the delicious kind. So, go order some chicken wings, eat them, and then look at the skeleton. I mean the bones. You'll notice that a chicken wing also has two very thin bones joined together at both ends. This is the equivalent of the radius and the ulna. Except in birds, the fingers and the metacarpals have fused into a point so that the wing ends in a tip rather than five little fingers. But if you look at a bat's wings, you'll notice that they have five very elongated fingers that make up the entire wing with membranes between the bones. If you look at a monkey, again, they have five digits after a radius and ulna and a humerus. If you look at a horse... They also have the same bone structure in the forelegs as we do in our arms, except in their case, their fingers have fused into a hoof. If you look at a whale or a dolphin, their fins also have bones in them that look like very long fingers. Kind of creepy, really. It's like their fingernails just kept growing and they didn't trim them at all. Anyway, their fins have exactly the same bones as we do in our forearm and our hands. So if you put all of these bones next to each other, you can identify which bone is the radius, which bone is the ulna, and where the digits go. This is one of the main proofs that evolution is a real thing, and that different animals that look completely different now came from common ancestors. But not fish, because fish branched off a long, long time ago from our common ancestor, so that's why they don't have four limbs. And the same goes with animals like octopus, squid, crabs jellyfish, and most importantly, insects. Because they don't share a common ancestor with us, except a very, 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 very long time ago, they're not tetrapods, so they can have as many limbs as they want. But for all intents and purposes, every non-fish vertebrate on planet Earth are tetrapods because they branched off at the same point from tetrapodomorpha, which had four limbs. This means that any animal with more than four limbs They must be very unrelated to animals like us, or dogs, or cats, or birds, or horses, or dolphins, and they're much more closely related to other kinds of animals like insects, or jellyfish, or fish. Alright, so now let's go back to our mythical beasts like dragons and centaurs. Like we said before, a dragon technically has six limbs because they have four arms and legs, but also two massive wings on top of their back. Centaurs also have six limbs, they've got two arms and four horse legs. If you look at a pegasus, again, four horse legs, two wings. Angels, again, they have four limbs like us, arms and legs, but they have the two additional wings which count as limbs. So all of these animals, we call them hexapods, hexa meaning six. Now, we just spent the last five minutes talking about why tetrapods are the default animals on planet Earth, except fishes. This means that angels, dragons, centaurs, and griffins are in a category of their own and very, very unrelated to birds, reptiles, mammals. Which is funny, because most of these animals come from the imagination of fusing different animals together. Like, an angel is just a person with bird wings, a pegasus is a horse with wings, and a centaur is just a person fused with a horse which apparently makes them very rapey and sexually aggressive according to Greek mythology. Interestingly, this doesn't apply to all mythical beasts. We look at a wyvern. So wyverns are essentially dragons without the forearms. They just have legs and two wings. Imagine the ones from the Game of Thrones TV series. These mythical beasts have four limbs, just two wings, two legs, nice and simple. Very realistic, of course. And if you look at the East Asian dragons, like the one from Dragon Ball Z, you can also see that they have four limbs, and much more like a snake. And somehow they fly with magic, but we'll ignore that part. Again, four limbs, much more realistic than six limbs. That's not to say that six limbs are impossible. I mean, we did mention that fish, insects, and other invertebrate animals have more than four limbs. But what it does mean is that dragons and angels and pegasus belong in a very biologically unrelated category of animals to us, which I guess in a way makes them even more mythical, but also makes them very unrealistic because we'd see the evolutionary line in fossil evidence or see a colony of animals with six limbs somewhere in the world. It just doesn't seem very likely. So we talked about how being a hexapod, dragons aren't very realistic and probably don't exist in this world. But at the same time, the fun of science is that we can use logic and reasoning to try to figure out things that don't make sense. So let's suspend disbelief, pretend that dragons are real, and try to imagine how they could have developed into an animal with six limbs. Now the first possibility is that they just came from a different common ancestor to us, like fish. But this seems a little unlikely, because we'd see evidence of fish turning into other six-limb creatures and we just don't have any fossil evidence of a vertebrate creature having more than four limbs. Less, sure, like fish, but never more. So this seems a little suspicious, maybe even fishy, as certain dads might say. So let's scratch this one out. Now, there are some animals that have wings and four limbs, like the flying lizard. But in this case, they've done a clever thing with evolution, where they've used a pair of ribs jutting out of their skin to be wings. So the wings aren't actually limbs, but just extensions of the ribcage. So maybe dragons and angels just developed their wings out of some other body part, like the ribcage. The other possibility is that they may have had a severe mutation. For example, in people, there's a condition called polydactyly, poly meaning many and dactyly meaning digit, where people are born with more than five digits on a hand or a foot, like an extra finger or a toe. This is usually due to some kind of mutation where the genes didn't express themselves properly, so that there was essentially a counting error. Genes encoded into a DNA are the instruction manual for an organism developing in the womb. So when an embryo is first growing, it reads its own genes in the DNA to figure out how many limbs it should have, where the limb should go, how many digits each limb should have, and what it should ultimately look like. An interesting example of this is the Sonic Hedgehog gene, which encodes a limb. In snakes, it looks like they don't have limbs and that the skeletons have devolved away, but they still carry the Sonic Hedgehog gene. This means that, in some cases, snakes can develop a tiny little limb bud, which looks like the start of a limb growing. It's kind of cute, actually. A genetic mutation is essentially when you have a typo in this instruction manual, so that the body grows in a way that it hadn't planned to. For example, instead of 5 digits per limb, the body might grow 7 digits per limb, just because it's following the wrong instruction manual. An example of when this kind of thing happens is when an organism is exposed to a lot of radiation, say for example the Chernobyl incident. After the disastrous explosion of the Chernobyl nuclear reactor in Soviet Russia, radioactive waste was swept across Europe and Russia, contaminating the lands. After this incident. People noticed an alarming number of animals being born with crazy mutations. There were calves with two heads, lamb with eight legs looking like a spider. If you look up Chernobyl animal mutations on Google, you'll see some very, very disturbing images. Don't say I didn't warn you. Anyway, maybe dragons and centaurs came from some kind of crazy genetic experiment where the number of limbs were messed with using some kind of genetic technology. Maybe. Or there's always the explanation that dragons are just magical creatures and that's why they don't follow any laws of science, but where's the fun in that explanation? So what did we learn today? We learned that every non-fish vertebrate animal on planet Earth are tetrapods, meaning that they have four limbs, whether it be wings, arms, or legs. They may appear to have less like a whale or a snake because they've devolved over time, but they still have the skeletal structure, or at least the genes, that prove that they have a tetrapod base. Contrary to this, dragons, angels, pegasi, griffins, and centaurs are all hexapods, meaning they have six limbs. This seems very far-fetched and unscientific, because a lot of these animals or beasts look like the animals around us, like horses and birds and gigantic lizards, but to come from a completely different common ancestor seems a little bit unlikely. However, we did learn that hexapods are scientifically possible, say if you mess with the genes of an animal using radiation or some other technology, or by adapting different body parts like narwhal turning teeth into a horn or lizards using ribs as wings. Most importantly, I hope we learned today that science can be really fun if you use it in creative ways, Applying the laws of science to magical, non-rational situations help us learn the laws of the universe and how things work. For example, today, in the space of discussing whether dragons can be real or not, we accidentally learned about skeletal evidence of evolution, homology of forearm and other limb bone structures. We learned about genetic expressions and how radiation can induce genetic mutations causing polydactyly and other crazy anatomical mutations. That's my favourite kind of learning. Not the kind you get from textbooks or forced to learn, but the kind of learning you get because you're curious about how the world works and you're questioning things. Like asking, why aren't dragons realistic? Why do all the animals I see around me have four legs instead of six? Why can't we have chickens with eight legs so we can get more drumsticks for chicken? This is the kind of pondering and musing that makes living in this wonderfully crazy mysterious universe interesting and fascinating. Don't you think? Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and maybe even useful today. I'm going to go on a little break for a couple weeks just so I can catch up on life and do some extra study. But afterwards, I'll come back with some well-researched, hopefully reasonably well-explained episodes. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jin Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explaindiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter